you may be seated. And while you're seated, the kids can make your way to Children's Church if they've not already gone. Kids up to the fifth grade to Children's Church. And they'll have a short time back there and we'll have a good short time in here. So if you will listen fast, I will talk fast and we'll try to be done here in the next 20 minutes or so. And then we'll close our service singing the wonderful song, Hosanna. I did mean that when I challenge you to really give this coming week a very special time in your own personal walk. There are things all around us that point to that. Um, you can turn on the radio, you can drive down the street. Uh, perhaps people that you will rub shoulders with that know Jesus Christ are having something very special go on through the next few days. And so I'd encourage you to put yourself in that group. When you get bumped, let something of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ come out of you, the thankfulness that is in your heart for that. I'd like for us to bow in prayer one more time. Father, we do praise you for the time to gather around your word as we find all the way back in Genesis and going all the way through the end how everything pointed right to this work of Christ on the cross. We thank you for that red thread that runs throughout every book of the Bible. We thank you that we can celebrate it on a big scale, but also how we can celebrate it in a very personal way today. And I would ask that you would allow us to understand and be encouraged by your word this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes when the house is quiet, there's nothing going on out of the ordinary, if there's just the smallest sound anywhere, it will jump out, especially to you wives. You wives have just such a knack for hearing the smallest sound in the house in the middle of the night. I see some elbows going up when I say that. My wife and I Several weeks ago now, we're in the quiet of the night, and we heard a noise all of a sudden that was not a normal noise. It wasn't a scary noise. It wasn't a noise that concerned me at the time. We did have to get to the bottom of it when it came up. It was kind of like this. It was kind of like... It was not someone knocking at our door at 2 o'clock in the morning. Instead, it was a drippy faucet. There was a faucet that had started dripping right off of our bedroom. It did not bother us too much. If you can fast forward about two weeks with me, we would lay in bed and we heard this. And then if you can fast forward another two weeks with me, I can't even make the sound using any of the tools that I have up here. It was a stream that was coming out of our faucet, almost like pushing the button on a water fountain. It was about that much. And of course, it was hot water that was coming out. We knew we had to get this taken care of. I have someone very close to me, my brother, who is um, a plumber. He does plumbing. And so I sent him a video of what was going on in our bathroom along with the message. Do you think this is a job that I can handle? Sinned, just like that. Now, of course, my brother's going to be very honest with me. There's no, there's no pleasantries going on there in that relationship. That ended when I was born, actually. <laughs> and so when we look at this job and the video that he saw, he just said, no, just like that. <laughs> you cannot fix that job there. As I got to uh, reviewing what it took, there was a big job with this tub and you'd have to turn off your water. If it didn't get done just right, you couldn't turn your water back on without water going everywhere. And what I didn't know and what my brother did know 
was some of the details of the big picture. Here's all these moving parts that have to go just right in order for that to go well. I didn't see that. I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm probably going to need a couple tools, right? You know, and I can just whip this baby and replace it in a hurry. And he said, you can't really read tone in text messages, but he said, no, just like that. It ended up we had to have a plumber come in, actually cut a hole behind the bathroom because he couldn't get the older part off there and replaced everything from behind. My brother was right. And I had to pay some more money for it to get done, but I'm glad that we did that. When we come across the story of the resurrection, you and I typically see it in the big picture format. We look at it in hindsight, don't we? How many times, how many Easter's have you celebrated the story of Jesus Christ, what he gave for us, the details of the cross and the empty tomb? When we think of Jesus Christ, we see the big picture. And yet, oftentimes, when we are studying through the story, we see that Jesus had a smaller interaction with individuals that didn't have a clue of what the big picture was. And we, with the blessing of having this recorded for us, can look at it, and we can kind of do a a backseat driver or maybe an armchair quarterback, and we can say, if you just would listen to this part right here, you would get it. If you would just understand what Jesus is saying right there. I want for us to read two portions of Scripture today. In the first portion, I'm going to take us to the section where Jesus Christ is having a back and forth with Pilate. It's in John chapter 18, if you'd like to turn there in your Bible. John chapter 18, Jesus Christ is having a a back and forth with Pilate. And even though you know the big picture, you know that this is all about saving mankind from their sins and that he's going to die, but he's going to rise from the dead. I'm going to ask you if you can put yourself in the shoes of this gentleman and more specifically, I'm going to ask you if you can answer the question that is going to come up. Before we get into John chapter 10, let me just talk a little bit about Jesus' practice when he walked in this world. Jesus oftentimes would respond to his questioners with a question. He questioned his questioners all the time. Now, why would Jesus Christ do this? Was he being snarky? Well, what was Jesus doing? Did he not know the answer and so he's trying to tr- delay or trick them? What was the reason that oftentimes Jesus Christ would respond to a question he was asked with a question? Well, I want to suggest this for us today. Jesus Christ would respond with a question because, listen, it would force the questioner to be very, very transparent with their own motives. If they're going to ask a question, oftentimes Jesus would respond with a question so that we can get to the heart of the matter. A transparency about their own assumptions. Christ did this again and again. Can you remember any of the questions that Jesus asked in response to a question that he was asked first? There's a number of them. Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, Why do you call me good? 
There is none good but God. At another time, and I believe John 3, how can a man enter into his mother's womb and be born again? Are you a teacher of Israel and you do not know these things? And then we come to this fascinating conversation in John chapter 18 between Jesus and Pilate. Before we read the section, I'm going to give you one question that Pilate asks and the response. Are you the king of the Jews, Pilate says? Do you say this of your own accord or do others say it to you about me? Now, I want to suggest to you that this question is different. Jesus Christ is leading Pilate to a place where he is going to have to be very, very transparent with the conversation. I think he has some groundwork that's going on. He's going to open Pilate up that's going to lead to another question. The question that is coming is, what is truth? When Jesus Christ responds to a question with a question, what he is doing is he is reminding us that intent comes prior to content. The intention of someone's words comes before content. You're in John chapter 18. We're going to read verses 33 down through 38 in this exchange. So Pilate entered his headquarters and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it about to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? And after he said this, he went back. I want to suggest to us that if we can examine Pilate, he's not receiving this message from Jesus Christ that Jesus Christ is there to talk about and to make possible through his work a kingdom that is different than the kingdom they were looking at. The talk back and forth about are you a king and about a kingdom, Pilate had one way of thinking about that, right? A king over which land? When we think of a king, he has a reign over a people, oftentimes over a land. And I want to suggest to us before we get to this second passage that I'm going to ask you to be very transparent about while we read it. I want to suggest that Pilate did not believe that Jesus Christ came into the world to prove there was a kingdom beyond the one they could see with their eyes and they can walk on with their feet. And as you examine this story, 
and you see this question that's coming, if you will just say, Pilate, pay attention. Pilate, there is a big picture thing going on. And if you will just listen, there will be something amazing that you can experience. And Jesus Christ asks the question back to him. He responds with that question, and it leads all the way down to Pilate saying, what is truth? That is a mouthful of a question. What is truth? I suggest to us there are people all over our world today that are asking this question. What is truth? There's a big picture thing that's going on. But if I could challenge you today to keep in mind the big picture, the work of Christ on the cross, but if then you could make this very, very personal for yourself. And then if there are those that are here that have been searching for answers about truth, it might come in the form of what is the truth about life after death? What is the truth about purpose in this world, getting up each day and having a reason to get out of bed. It might be a question about the truth of something of why is, what's the truth about why pain keeps coming into my life? There's a big question here, but very much so, there is a smaller question. I want you to make this very, very personal because if you're able to make this personal, not only do we take care of those assumptions ahead of time and get rid of the wrong ones, but what we're going to be able to do is we're going to be able to push the distractions out of the way. I have not found this name for Satan in the Bible, but it's one of the names that I call him the most. Satan is the master of distraction. When we're talking about truth, undeniable, what is truth, Pilate said? This incredible question. And if we can get rid of the distractions... And if I can make this very, very personal today, if you are able to get rid of the distractions and ask yourself this question, what are the distractions? Well, it might be the pain in life. So maybe you're going to seek out God or seek out church to help with the pain. Well, I can give you some points that might help you with that from church, but it might be a distraction. It might be the question, what do I have to do? How good of a person do I have to be in order to please God? That can be a distraction. The devil is the master of distractions. And if he can pull us away from what is truth, he will be so successful in deceiving people, in getting people playing games. Instead of living the years that they have in this world for something that will count for eternity. We can waste our time playing games. The devil distracts us. <laughs> Distractions, if, if we're not ready for them, they can have dire consequences. Not too long ago, I was backing my wife's car out of the garage, and I had a car parked behind me in our driveway. Had both kids in the car. And so, of course, I'm thinking to myself, what a great opportunity to teach a lesson here. All right, guys, here's exactly how you do this. I've even got a camera on my wife. I don't have one on my car, but she's got a fancy camera on hers. 
So I'm going to back this car out of our garage, go around this other car, but the main idea that I'm thinking is I'm going to teach my kids how great of a driver I am. That's what's going to happen. And so as I go, I'm talking through the whole thing, and I go and I back it out and I cut the wheel this way so it shoots our car to go to the south, and I go and I kick it all the way around. Successful. That little beeper that beeps when you're about to hit something didn't even go off. I mean, it was successful. Got around that, and then when I was going, I had to kick the wheels back the other way. Now I'm watching the car on this side over here, and as I kick the wheels back this way, it was going this way, I go, I cleared the garage, I cleared the car, and as I go, there's this weird thing on my wife's car that sticks out about this far on the passenger side. It's a rearview mirror is what it is. And it caught the basketball hoop, and that thing clicked just like that. It snapped right off, hanging there, dangling. It's at those moments that your kids find out what kind of language you use when something happens. I don't remember what I said. I'm sure it was rated G. Having said that, going through that, and at the end, yeah, there was a little bit of pride that was involved there, but here's what happened. I was distracted by this car here. I was distracted by the front here. There was a pole right there. The mirror was right there, but there was so much distraction pulling me away from that that there was tragedy in the end. I want to suggest to you today two different groups. You might be a follower of Jesus Christ today and the devil is going to sneak in distractions. He's going to get you looking at this over here and this over here. He's going to get you talking about this over here and he's going to pull you away from something that might cause a lot of pain because is God's plan for his children good or is it not good? It is good. Our God is a good God. He's working things out for his glory. And sometimes that's going to make mean I say praise the Lord even when I knocked a mirror off of my car. Maybe God wanted to give me an illustration. From, it was a costly illustration. I'll tell you that. There can be distractions for those that are following Jesus Christ. And if you don't keep your eyes central on the gospel and on him, you're going to be talking about all these things. And I've been down that road I'm going to tell you, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be three years down the road and that thing that was so important to you that caused that pain, it won't even be that important anymore. Why? Because the devil knows it's really not that big of a deal. Second group today. If you're here today and you are searching, you're searching for meaning in life, you're searching for the answers of truth about life after death, you're searching about why there's so much pain in this world, These are not bad questions to ask. In fact, I want to suggest that these can be a gateway to the big question, what is truth? But if you only find a simple solution for the pain in life, you're going to miss the big picture. And if you only think that you figured out how you can repeat a prayer, and I don't mean to downplay that at all, we need to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. But there are some people that think that's some kind of a magic words. And if you just repeat what that said on that track or what that preacher said or you're holding on to that date, but when you look to Jesus Christ, is there a relationship there? The devil will distract us with all kinds of things, pulling us away from the big picture. Pilate was distracted. 
He's trying to keep peace in Jerusalem. He's trying to not get a riot on his hands, trying not to lose his position. And yet, what did his wife, if you know the story, what did Pilate's wife just come and tell him about this man, Jesus? I had a dream about a man who is killed, and you're the one that kills him. Do not do this. There's something big going on. Pilate misses it. If I can ask you to turn over to John chapter 10, and we're going to close our service by reading several verses here in John 10. Of course, we're going backwards in the story of Christ. This is Jesus Christ, and this is him teaching. And I'm going to ask you, before I read this, I'll be silent just for a moment, but I want you to ask yourself or ask God, what would you have me to get from this passage? As I've gone over this, there's something that stands out to me in a vivid way. I think there are many people that were missing it. I think there are a lot of small side things that Jesus is teaching, but there's a big picture. I'm gonna start reading in verse number seven. The first six verses, Jesus gives a message, the same kind of message, and then starting in verse number seven, he actually repeats it. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And the question that I would present to you today is, what is truth? Right in the middle of John chapter 10, this teaching that Christ gives, in John chapter 18, that conversation where Pilate asks, what is truth? Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Can I challenge you today, as we approach this beautiful celebration of an Easter coming up next Sunday, ask the big questions. Have you come to grips with what is the truth about eternal life? What is the truth about meaning in life? Because the answers are here. 
And if you follow Jesus Christ, maybe you've gotten distracted. Maybe there's something that's pulled you away. And I don't mean to downplay that at all. I don't mean to downplay your pain or your concerns by saying in three years you might not even care so much about that. I'm just asking you to be pulled back to the gospel. Live the gospel life the same way that you got it. Jesus Christ died on a cross for the sins of the world. And if we will only ask him for forgiveness, he will forgive and bring us into his sheepfold. And then, then you will hear him call you and you'll recognize his voice. You'll see his voice when you're walking in the world and something happens. And instead of cursing that day, you will say, what are you teaching me? You will hear his voice in the strangest places. And praise God, when you call out to him, he knows your voice, the promise that we never, ever will be alone because we in this present world are his sheep and he is our good shepherd. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the pictures that we have of Jesus Christ in this one where he repeatedly calls himself a shepherd, where he repeatedly talks about the fact that he's going to lay down his life, I praise you for that. And maybe I want to scream from the rooftops, can't you people see? He's saying he's going to die for you. And yet this has been recorded for me. This has been recorded for us who would open it today. What would you have, how would you have it change our lives? God, would you keep the main thing, the main thing in our lives, the gospel of Jesus Christ? With heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. As the piano plays through, I'm gonna ask you to talk to God. This is a moment for you to pray. If you're not saved today, Let this day, Palm Sunday, 2019, be the day of your salvation. Maybe you're just distracted from that place where God wants you. Talk to God about whatever that might be.